0: As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't.
3: This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the 15th day of November, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Pavel. It's an absolute pleasure, gentlemen. How are you this evening? Pavel, we'll start with you. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. Um, Every week when I'm here, I try to sound a little bit
4: better, be a little bit more enthusiastic. Um, I still pray for everybody I know and I don't know. And I hope that things will go better for everyone, you guys, myself, and uh, God bless you.
3: Well, thank you very much. We do appreciate that. And we look forward to today's conversation. Bruce, how are you today? How was your weekend?
0: Uh good weekend. Uh healthy and alive. Um yeah. Got uh the plumbers here. So that's that's the bonus. Um I'm looking forward to being able to uh use plumbing without any problems, without any if you think without it's without the washer now. overflowing, without exactly you know, if you yeah. think it's great yeah.
3: now, wait until the government owns everything and
0: then you have a problem. Just think of how fast yeah, it's gonna get fixed then. Yeah. Uh, I'll get back to you in a few years when they're finally working on it. And it'll be some union job with eight guys standing around while one guy's digging the hole. Yeah. You've seen the meme, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a
3: popular meme for many years. A lot to discuss today. I suppose we could start with the, uh, the cryptocurrency stuff. We could talk about, do you want to start with, uh, with Ukraine? Because that's actually tied to it, believe it or not. Where do you want to start? Pova, where where would you like to start? You haven't been on for a week. So what's been yeah. on your mind this week? Just pick a topic and we'll just go with it. Sure. Um... It seems like Zelensky, you know,
4: you showed me the video in prep. He's talking. About, he's talking about um, all the mines that the
3: Russians are leaving as they're retreating. Um, I'll tell you what. First of all, before before we go down that road, what do you think the reason for that retreat is? In your opinion, I mean, you you're familiar with sure. the region. You you talk to people over there. What what do you think the reason for that is? Because the, okay. the media here seems to be clueless as to why that's actually happening. Okay, so.
4: Some time ago, this is just, you know, what I think. Some time ago, they drew a line on the map and they decided this is the line we're going to fortify and this is going to be our front line. So what they obviously did is they moved past it. They they moved to the front line B while fortified front line A. And now they're just falling back to a place where, did, you know, they're most likely just going to stay and fortify and, you know, keep the war at that at that point, I don't think they're retreating because um, they're really getting, you know, pushed back. I think it's more of a planned retreat. In order to slow down the enemy you know you, you mine everything in front the front you know put as many mines as you can and just go back to your front line and wait for them to come get you i don't think putin's leaving anytime soon i don't think it's a it's a tactical retreat
3: yeah and there was um uh, there was an article that was out of um uh, i, I want to say it was one of the uk papers over the weekend saying that uh i don't know if it was true or not uh but alexander dugan you know the um, um his advisor, uh, his Rasputin, as you called him, uh, Alexander Dugan, was saying that, th- again, this is according to the UK uh, outlet, said that it's time for Putin to go because of the humiliating defeat in Curzon. And of course, later, uh, Dugan is said to have made an announcement saying, look, I didn't say anything like that. So again, saying both things at the same time. It's confusing, to say the least. His top advisor turns against him or he doesn't. And then I saw another article this morning saying the foreign minister, Sergey Lavrov, arrived at the G20 and he was immediately taken to the hospital with heart problems. And then two hours later, Lavrov came out and said, I wasn't taken to the hospital. So what's, what's with all this deception? Why not just let the events play out as they are? Well, deception is the first rule of war. I know that the
4: West has a very good record of screwing with the East. You know what I mean? Like um, in order for Putin's second guy, you know, his advisor to, to, to publicly announce that it's time for Putin to go. I mean, that's like revolutionary. I mean, that the whole Russia would have heard that and it would have exploded to a point of like, you can't go back from there. So this just sounds nuts to me. It's either some sort of a journalistic glitch or they're just messing with you guys or, you know, with us, the world. It's, it's just it doesn't seem like, I mean, by the time somebody would publicly announce that Putin should go that close to them, um, Putin already would have been out of power. Like technically, you know what I mean? That's a murder That's a murderous statement for yourself. That's a very bad statement for you to say um, if you work for Putin in Russia. So if he did say that, that means there's giant political
3: changes going on in the background or it's just a joke, deception. What what can you know, what can I say? Honestly, I don't know. I, I really don't know. We're at that point in time where you say, you know, the art of war is deception. That is true. Uh, we're at that time I, now where it's uh, like you don't know what's real and what's not. There, there's so much flying around from I mean, there's there's misinformation and disinformation coming out of both sides. And you can't make heads or tails of it. It's that's the whole point. <laughs> I this
4: is what I think. If Putin is actually getting toppled over, if, if Putin, you know, is becoming replaced what's going to happen, if it actually does happen. What you're gonna see is a whole bunch of people, you know, from wherever in Russian government, whoever's gonna be, you know, go on TV and make the announcement that Putin's, you know, been retired. The statement's not, you know, you're not gonna see Putin anymore after that. Basically, if if someone's if if someone's gonna say that Putin's about to be out of power, Putin already has to be either dead or out of power. So all those statements, the only ones that would truly resonate with me, if it's like everybody's coming out and saying, you know, this is this is how it is. Putin's advisor. Saying that Putin's out of power with nothing to back that up or go forward from, I think that's just a deception, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, have we seen the, 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 the is there a record of him saying that?
3: I, other like, th- like I said, other than the UK outlets, you know, a couple of them reporting that, I haven't seen actual audio or video of uh, Dugan saying that, no. Doesn't doesn't sound like it, it. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, just a just a piece run by the Western media to try and provoke some kind of a response over there within the government itself is is
4: my. Oh my away. god! I I see so many like announcements online and 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 articles and this and that that are completely made out of air, like just ridiculous things, you know. And um, Putin's not an idiot. Putin's did not see, an idiot.
3: Did you see the most ridiculous thing over the weekend? Did you see that? You know who Sean Penn is? You know the American actor? Yes. Yes. Okay. He paid Zelensky another visit uh, in Kiev. I don't know. D- Did you see that? Did you see what he went there for? I missed that. Completely you missed, missed that. that. Yep. Okay. I will, I will play that I, for you because this, this is I this slept is good. the whole weekend. Here it is. So he paid a visit to Zelensky and offered him a very special gift.
0: This is for
4: you. Oh, Sean. Sure. Yes. <laughs> no. Please. it's yours. No, I, I feel terrible outside. I just—it's just a symbolic, silly thing. Yes, but, but it's, I, if but I know—but if I know this is here with you, then I'll then I'll feel better and stronger to, for the
1: fight. So great, great to honor, but yeah. until we will.
4: When you when you win, bring it back to Malibu. Right? Yes. Great. Okay. Because I'll okay. feel much
1: better knowing there's a piece of me here. it's not from me it's from ukraine
3: it's a complete joke it is a complete joke. He gave him one of his Oscar awards. Zelensky gave Penn uh, state honors for bravery. It, it's a complete joke. Yeah. This, this whole thing is this whole thing. Honorary is a, citizen. He's an yeah. honorary citizen and a recipient of the
4: like the biggest civilian award. Good for him. Can I can I say what I think? Can I comment on that? Absolutely, then? absolutely. Oh, go yeah. right ahead. Here we, here we go. So in my mind, there's three explanations to this situation. One, Sean Penn is absolutely insane and he believes in what he's doing. Two. He's been paid enough money to, to, to do what he just did. And three, which I hope it really is, I think that's the best trolling in the world. Because Zelensky is an amazing actor. He's playing the president in the war zone for so long now. I think he deserves one, I really do. If, if, I was, if, I, if I was in the possession of an Oscar myself, I swear to God, and I had a safe way to get to Zelensky and present it to him and come back in one piece, I would do it in a second. Because I think it's the
3: funniest thing in the world, Excuse my language. He's doing literal Netflix shows right now like that that's what he's doing in his in his spare time he's doing literal netflix appearances uh it's just i th- this guy th- this guy's just crazy well,
4: this is this is actually that ties in with an incredibly incredibly important point i wanted to bring in um about the united states in general the way that our voters are influenced such as you know the netflix show that zelensky's making sean ben is you know giving him this award it, the voters have never been influenced that way. That's why if you have re- representative democracy, you know, you 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 vote for, you know, for your representative and so on and the senator and, and, and up. Our opinions are being, you know, bombarded so well from every direction by media that I don't believe we any longer have our own say. Like, let's say if I, if somebody, if I vote for candidate A or candidate B, most likely I'm getting the information from the TV from the radio from the you know media around me since the media is completely controlled on the most part i believe hence your vote your your opinion your you know the, the vote that counts is actually influenced prior to the to the voting so that's why i think it's no longer really democracy it's more like who can do the best ads to get more people on our side it's it's all based on social perspective now not an actual political or economical fact you're not even allowed to ask actual questions. You're not. As John was telling me, you know, earlier about G and, and uh, you know, the summit, you, you can't, you're no longer allowed to ask common sense questions. All you can do is just watch this ridiculous stuff on the internet.
3: Yeah. And what you're referencing there for the uh, for the sake of the listener, what you're referencing is an ABC reporter is at the... Uh, East Asia summit or whatever it is, the, the G20 or wherever it is that they're uh, that they're meeting. And Biden was meeting with President Xi. And apparently this ABC reporter did not get the memo to keep her mouth shut when she piped up and she asked a question. Do you care to comment on the human rights abuses in China? One of Xi's security people, not one of ours, one of Xi's people came over, grabbed the young lady by the back of her uh, like her, she was wearing like a little backpack. Ripped her backwards and then tossed her at the door, like I said, apparently she didn't get the memo.
4: We no longer have freedom of speech in you know, never mind the world. In the United States, we don't really have a freedom of speech anymore. We don't really have the ability to truly find information. Everything, all our decisions is based obviously on our experiences if If everything is influenced to a point where we have a predetermined opinion. Based on solely on, on ads, basically, and most people just—I I think that's what it is—very surface research. That, I think that it said, also, your
3: vote. You no, know, you no, know, I, I see, I see where you're going. I mean, you know, you talk about targeting the voters. I mean, let's look at this latest midterm election in the U.S. Right? Everybody was given this sense of on the on the so-called right. I'm doing the air quotes, right? The Republican side. What did you hear? Non-stop for eighteen months, solid. It's going to be a red wave. They're going to mess things up so bad. There's going to be a red wave, red tsunami, red whatever. You didn't get that, did you? No, not at all. No, yeah, no. absolutely not. What'd you get? You got Fetterman. <laughs> That's what you got. And you got you've got MSNBC saying that. Well, we should run him for president, <laughs> Bruce.
0: How would you like to have John Fetterman as your president? Um, we already do. Uh, both individuals have had a stroke in their past, so I mean. It's not far off to rea- from reality. Um, you know about the electoral process and freedom of speech. I'll hit both of those. We have not had the freedom of of uh, selecting our representatives for a very long time. At least as far as I've I've been politically aware, they present candidates that they want to run that they support, and then they run ads on those candidates, and they do the the typical like you know left side uh, uh, with the recent election the left is saying oh we want abortion and women's rights and all these kind of things and blah 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 and uh then you have those on the right that are like you know uh pro-life and they just sit there and tell their constituents vote for me to to fight them and donate to me so i can continue fighting them and then the other side's doing the same thing and pointing fingers It, it it's just nonsense and the whole freedom of speech thing Is there any group, any people out there that you're not allowed to say anything negative about? Or that you're not supposed to talk about? Or, for example, uh, you're not supposed to say that um, uh, transgenders should not be playing in their uh, gender identity sport. So men should be in men's sports and women should be in women's sports. If you're a trans woman, you should not be playing in women's sports. You're not allowed to say that. Of course, you're more free to say that now on Twitter because... Musk runs it now. But. Well, yeah, the same uh, like my in tweet the-
3: is still there. That's good. That's good. It's the same concept in the workforce. You can't say that that person is no longer qualified for that job. You can't say you can no longer exactly. say that that person is not qualified. Excuse me. I had to rephrase my words because that would imply that they were once qualified to do that uh, when in fact yeah. they weren't. And, you know, that's been going on and I could go on and on and on about this. Bruce, you've heard me talk about things behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. I could go on for hours and hours about this subject, but in the interest of time, I'm not going to. But I can tell you for an absolute fact that there are countless thousands, thousands in it, I know it's definitely in the tens of thousands, if not the hundreds of thousands, unbelievable qualified people. And I'm not talking about a specific race, gender, color, whatever, religion, background. I don't care. I don't care about that stuff. I've never cared about that stuff. But there are thousands upon thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. Hell, you could go in the millions if you factor in government employees of unqualified people that are in these positions. And they think that that entitles them to some kind of superior status or some kind of uh, uh infer- inferiority complex or something or whatever it is that they develop. When in fact, they are the dumbest people we've got in society, which is incredible to me. It is incredible. But it's so, it is so useful, though, to people higher than them. It is. It is. That's That's just it, is you also have to consider that at the same time. You know, and this is where like the whole I don't want to get too detailed here, but this is where like the whole corporate backstabbing thing comes in. Can I give you a, quick, a little quick example? Here's the thing. Yeah, go. Um, on. I don't know. Maybe last year I took this temporary job just washing
4: dishes. I needed some cash, right? Um. Hmm. There was a spill that this gentleman was supposed to clean up. Long story short, he was just standing there talking, right? So some old lady fell and really got hurt. I called the gentleman that didn't clean up the spill just one word. It's not even a... I called him mentally challenged, in other words, right? The lady got pretty seriously hurt. Guess who got fired? I did. Yeah, Everybody knew that, you know, because of the spill, this guy, the managers were watching, you know, nothing got cleaned up. They saw everything. I got fired, quote unquote, because of that one word. The, the guy's still there. It's, you know, I, I get it, but... but Come on, man. Uh,
3: like I said, I could go on this for for hours, and I I I don't doubt for a second that that's what you went through. But I could go on this this rant for hours. But st- stick, kind of sticking to the to the main topic and kind of bringing it back to the voters that you mentioned. Let's talk about all the so called alternative. I use that term very loosely, believe me. Let's talk about all the alternative media platforms out there and how they've been saying for almost two years now, oh, we're going to kill them in the midterms. Oh, there's going to be a red wave. Has anybody bothered to even stop for a second? Anybody that's gone to one of those feel good, get your ears tickled, motivational speeches, rock concerts, whatever you want to call it. Does anybody want to stop for just a second? Any one of the voters that attended any of those? Do you want to stop for just a second and think, hey, every single one of those people were wrong? Do you want to possibly admit that to yourself? Because that's where it's going to have to start is by you admitting that you got conned, just like the COVID thing. It's very, very difficult to want to admit that you got conned. So what do you do? Psychologically, this is like part of the human condition. What do you do? You double down on it. You double down on the on the getting conned. You don't want to admit to yourself or anybody else that you got conned and they got conned. And so you go with it. You'll go for the next one. You'll go for Trump 2024. It's unbelievable to me. I can't I cannot for the life of me fathom how people can be stuck in that. That is like, that's that's beyond like I get, you know, the Democrat side doubling down into, the, you know, getting conned and all that stuff. I mean, that's just what it is. But on the conservative side, we're supposed to be the, quote, critical thinkers. We're supposed to be the ones that actually think logically and, and responsibly. I don't see any of that. Where's anybody? Where's I, I tell you what, I don't even want to push this off on the voters, the ones that got conned. Let's talk about the people that are in these alternative media platforms. Have any of them admitted that they were wrong? No. They I didn't think so. They can't. Oh, wait. No, of course they can't. No. I know of a few that, it's a I, was, that I watch.
4: But I think those it's are, a, you know. Sorry, Bruce. I think it's a comfort thing. I I, I know people that even though they know which, what they're doing is not right, but because it's keeping them comfortable for now, they'll just stay
3: there because but it's so the, hard to just make a change. Do you, yeah, okay. Uh, on that point, though, do you sacrifice integrity for comfort? Is that the trade off uh, you make? I think so. I really do. That's terrible. I mean,
4: it is it is terrible. But a lot of the time, people are so terrified of making that first move towards like reality, real life, admitting what the truth is. Most people have a hard time admitting to themselves what their life is like. You know, the the main objective of the day is to kind of forget about what's really going on. And, you know, let's say you, you have TV in the morning, then you zone out for eight hours, then, you know, you're in your car, you come back home, you turn that TV back on. As long as you don't actually think about how much of your life is wasted on things you don't want to do, you stay there. But the fear of actually kind of like allowing yourself to a little bit realize what's actually going on, that's the fear that's keeping people from changing their opinions, from digging. It's, it's hard to actually find real information. It's it's supposed to be that hard. That's how they made it.
0: Well, you know? I would also throw in as well the um comfort w- talking about that specifically. People don't want to be um reminded that their choices, the responsibilities that they were given that they've been shirking it. They don't want to they don't want to be reminded th- about that. They don't want to be reminded that uh, I should be doing research into uh, ex-politician or policy. And if it's something that's negative and it's, uh, maybe I should stand against it. And if it's positive, maybe I should be standing with it. Uh, maybe I should be contacting my uh, state rep or something or governor or what have you to to try to affect change. Maybe I should be uh, affecting change here at the local level. Instead of doing any of those things, uh, well, you know, I just, I like my Netflix and, you know, it's comfortable... to to have a job i don't want to i don't want to speak out about the uh mandatory vaccinations at work or um uh, I don't, I, I just, I don't want to rock the boat, you know, uh, I, I just, yeah. You
4: know. too, too many issues. My My sink is leaking, you know, the kid's about to get out of school. It's the, everybody's stuck in their matrix, in their reality. And in order to make this change, I mean, you have to make a lot of sacrifices, but yeah. they're comfort sacrifices. I think if an average person put as much effort as they do into their daily life, if they put that effort into becoming independent, or or, or research, or, or or anything, they will build their lives. They they you can you can have your own independent life. You can be okay financially. You can figure it all out if you just put all that effort, even half of it, into figuring out how people become you know rich on their own, how you can make money. Some gentleman I, I can't remember his name. He he spoke a little while ago um, about the, the, this line. It's like if you're living in an apartment and your roof is leaking, right? You have to spend a whole bunch of money to fix the roof. Most people are not gonna do it. They're just gonna live there with a little pot so the water, you know, water just keeps keeps going in a pot and, and the roof will stay leaky, but they're comfortable. And in order to fix the roof, either something really bad has to happen to them so they say screw it and get a new house, or they'll just stay there till they till they basically
3: die. It's you this know, weird line. Whenever whenever we make a mistake here, and we make them, you know we're human, right? We, whenever we make a mistake here or we get something wrong, we do everything possible as soon as possible to make that correction. Do we not, Bruce? We we make that correction. We do. And I yeah. I can't tell you how many times I have sat here and gone on for fifteen to twenty minutes about how I was wrong about one thing, about one thing. You know, if I got it wrong, then so be it. I got it wrong. I will own up to that. And that's the end of it. And I will make sure that I do everything possible to correct that wrong. But I see none of that in these people. I see none of that. Oh, sorry. We got it wrong on election night. Oh, sorry. We got these people. Isn't that great? Um, no, it isn't. We got screwed again because you did nothing and you filled people full of false hope. I want solutions to problems. I want these problems fixed. That's what I want. I want integrity to be held by the people that influence people's decisions. That's what I want. And I see none of that. None. I mean, as Bruce said, yeah, you see a couple, but largely you don't. John,
4: finding out that you're wrong is the funnest part about learning, about this whole human experience.
3: I, Uh, you know, I have strong opinions on things. It makes me feel really bad whenever I get something wrong. I mean, again, it's it's learning, you know. I do too, but but what I'm saying is
4: when I find out that, you know, I I, may, I was, you know, thinking about something, you know, the wrong way. I wasn't being objective enough. I do feel embarrassed, but also that's the best, for me, that's the coolest part of learning. Talking about how I made a mistake, what led me to having a false opinion and, you know, how I can get out of it. All of it, as long as, it, it's all about effort. If you put actual effort into research, into making your opinions um, more qualified, I guess, it's all effort. And effort is something that's very, very scarce because it's all getting put into your regular life. You know, you're feeding your cats, taking care of your whatever. It's it's back to that 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 barrier line. It's so hard to step over something that's unknown because you need to depend on yourself. And most people don't trust themselves to make that step. Like it's not easy to become independent. It's not easy to learn the truth. It all takes effort, but it's also scary and and <laughs> I don't, it's, the integrity is gone because it wasn't there for a long time in the first place. The the, the election integrity, the, the, the voting system, the, the media, propaganda, it's been getting better and better and better since the 50s and they're they're awesome at it. They're professional at it. They know exactly what to do in order to elect somebody. And in the first place, you don't pick just anybody you think is going to be good. You pick people out of a small list of people. And in order to get to that list, you already need to have money. You really need to have support. And the, the, the deals that are going on behind the closed doors that no one's aware of, that's what really dictates who is going to be on that ballot. Sometimes people get on it. They're just, you know, probably the better people, just independent. They don't get any votes. The only people that get votes are the ones that you see in, in media.
3: Unfortunately, Bruce had to step away for just a minute. He's got some uh, some technical difficulties he's dealing with. But uh, Pavel, you and I will uh, continue on. Do you follow cryptocurrencies, Pavel? Yeah, you know,
4: I I used to be a lot more into them. Uh, I sold everything I had a little while ago because I got disappointed.
3: But yes, I, I do. There's a uh, there's a brokerage firm that just went bankrupt uh, just this past week, uh, named FTX. I'm sure you've probably seen the headlines. Yeah. Yeah, more or less I have, and we talked about it in prep a little bit. We did, yeah. And this guy, whoever it was, they picked to uh uh to head this. Uh, this whole thing, I, I don't I don't know what's going on. I, like I don't I don't know all the details just yet. I mean we're hearing more every day. It's kind of like the the Nancy Pelosi thing, you know the, the Paul Pelosi thing at the Nancy Pelosi residence, you know that We're hearing more about that every day or at least a little bit about it every day. And this is kind of the same thing in that regard. We're hearing just a little bit more to the story every day. So about a year ago, a couple of things of note. The World Economic Forum, you know, Klaus Schwab and his company he keeps down there in Davos, Switzerland, they had this listed on their website. And I'm just quoting from the screenshot. It says FTX is a cryptocurrency exchange built by traders for traders. FTX offers innovative products, including industry first derivatives, options, volatility products and leveraged tokens. It strives to develop a platform robust enough for professional trading firms and intuitive enough for first-time users. And then there's a little button there that says visit the FTX website. Well, wouldn't you know it, as of today sorry, but we can't find the page you're looking for. I'm sorry. Were you looking for something at the World Economic Forum regarding FTX? We don't know anything about it. No. Here's a guy who's been uh, he's been detained in the Bahamas. Now, I don't really know a lot about this guy. I don't think anybody really does. Uh, Jim Cramer, you know, the guy that said a year ago, Facebook is solid buy as much as you can. It's going to be amazing. So just get as much of that stock as you can. He also said this last year. JP Morgan of
1: this generation, Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX, yes, is is slashing everybody's margin, and uh, average fees per transaction across the industry have declined by fifty percent. A lot of that is is the man, Sam Bankman-Fried.
3: He's the next J.P. Morgan. Well, in a real sense, I can't really disagree with that too much because, well, let's look at how J.P. Morgan got his fortune. He and Rockefeller, guy named Rockefeller. I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe you've he's heard, heard of a guy named Rockefeller. Yeah. Yeah. This guy decided that with Rockefeller he was going to buy up a whole bunch of utility companies, a whole bunch of energy companies. And yeah, they kind of knew that those things were going to go bust. You know, like telegraph companies, railway companies, uh, public utilities, mining operations, that that kind of stuff, electricity, you know, all that stuff, water. They knew that these utilities were going to go bust, but they sold it anyway. That sounds awful familiar. So in that respect, mm. yeah. I'd say he might be the J.P. Morgan of this generation. So it just it sounds to me like he did a very good job screwing everybody, making money out Pretty of much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, he All of a sudden, he gets stuck holding the, uh, the bag of $32 billion in assets. Huh. How does that play? First of all, let's find out who this guy is and see, all right, you as a listener, you see whether or not this guy has the intellectual prowess to be able to pull this off. But Sam is not a traditional billionaire because he believes in the concept of
2: earn, to give, which means his goal as a human is to make as much money as possible just to give it away. Earn to give. And that's exactly what he's doing. So let's say that you have $100 and you want to figure out what you can do with it to help the world. Earning to give is thinking about which causes, which charities save the most lives per dollar. This $100 can go as far as it possibly can to help the world. Last year, this 29-year-old guy donated $50 million. Next year, he's planning to donate $500 million a year. And next decade, he will probably give away more than $10 billion. The amount of good that you can do uh, for the future of the world is is really large, and it's way more than you can do to actually make yourself happy with anything like that amount of money. And he is funding everything you can think of. Global warming. It's one of the biggest problems that we have to tackle together as a world. Uh COVID-19 preparedness. We have to be ready for the next pandemic. Neglected tropical diseases. More than a billion people suffer from them. We have to eliminate these diseases. And of course, animal welfare. Animals deserve to live just like we do. It's also why I'm vegan. Sam doesn't need the money to buy a Lamborghini or to buy a Rolex or to impress his friends. In fact, his car is a Toyota Corolla. Hold on, where's your car? It's uh, that one there. That's like what, a Toyota? Uh, yeah, and it's a Corolla. Why don't you buy a Lamborghini, man? I didn't have any particular need for one. He wants to get rich in order to impact the world and change it.
3: Pavel, I saw you shaking your head and kind of, you know, putting your face uh, in your hand and going back and forth. This doesn't seem right, does it? I did not know that my BS meter
4: had a red line. <laughs> this, I, I didn't know this, that. I this that is all I, wrong. Yeah, the poor guy, man, poor guy.
3: He, he's going to be so what? Is, is he going to prison now? Uh, that remains to be seen. Here, here's the thing. I would venture to say, if I had, if I was a betting man, I would venture to say he's probably not going to make it that far because yeah. um, this also served this platform. It's come out also served. As a Democratic Party money laundering machine, so I doubt yes, very sir. seriously. And it gets deeper. It gets deeper than that as to, oh, to don't how tell far it goes. So don't tell me it has something to do with Ukraine. In fact, it does have something to do with Ooh. Ukraine. The FTX platform partnered with the Ukrainian government to raise two hundred million dollars and deleted websites uh, which showed donations used for quote media campaigns and confidential items. Mm. Yeah. Uh, The Ukrainian government partnered with this platform, uh, FTX, the Ukrainian government website detailing the partnership, which set out to raise $200 million in various forms of cryptocurrency. It got wiped like it didn't even exist. Don't know what happened to it. Ukraine's Ministry of Digital Transformation is listed as a quote, official partner of the FTX on the initiative, which claimed to send the funds to the National Bank of Ukraine. And of course, there's no way that that could have come up missing anywhere. There's no way that any of those funds could have been misappropriated in Ukraine. No.
4: First of all, any person that says amount of lives per dollar amount of human lives per dollar. Just just, just saying that he's already out of his mind. Second of all, Ukrainian digital, what was it called? Digital,
3: uh, um, yeah, the Ukrainian. The ministry of, Ukrainian Ministry of Digital Transformation. It's an official part. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So it's an awesome, awesome
4: place to just steal all the money in the world. Nothing's going to people. I mean, I've seen the corruption firsthand. Then I started hearing how much it's getting worse and worse. At this point of time, all of it is fake. <laughs> whatever whatever you're donating to, whatever you think the money is going to, you know, eh, all of that money hits a bottleneck and it is redistributed to all the men that are in, basically and 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 all the other money just disappears. that's that's what they need. In order to save the dollar at least a little bit, they gotta create some sort of a platform that you know generates or accumulates giant funds and then just disappeared. Is that what happened
3: well let's see it was like it. the official website for Aid for Ukraine an initiative that raises funds from the crypto community for the benefit of Ukraine's military and humanitarian needs has officially launched the initiative is powered by the Ministry of digital transformation of Ukraine FTX and everstake which they explain in a press release uh, talking about the joint effort that they had uh, the aid for Ukraine effort utilized FTX services to convert crypto funds received into Fiat which is into cash and send the donations to the National Bank of Ukraine. Again, as you awesome. said, it's just it's a money laundering deal. That's all it is. It just gets a, siphoned right as off. Clear, as clear as it can be. Absolutely. And w- well, if, if people are wondering
4: where the money really is going, I'll tell you. I think this is my opinion. Let's say 75% trade gets divided into pockets of um, whoever's on top, probably like 12, 15 people. And the rest goes to amphetamines. And very low quality training for young um, men and women in Ukraine that basically are the tool that Zelensky is going to be using in order to get rid of all those mines in the quickest amount of possible. You know, he said it will take decades to demine, you know,
3: clear up the, that, that whole three thousand three hundred thousand
4: square kilometers. When he
3: says that, de- yeah, when he says decades, though, to to his credit. And I, I, believe me, I'm not supporting the guy, but to his credit, he's not wrong when he says it'll take decades to demine someplace. And to give you an example, the war here has been over for 80 years, and they still find those things here.
4: I, I When I was growing up in Europe, it was pretty common to hear like, hey, don't go in the woods. You'll blow exactly. up. Just,
3: exactly. Exactly.
4: Bullets, mines. We grew up literally in trenches because all those woods over there are all trenched up. So it's a totally normal thing. And, and you, you're absolutely right. Demining is
3: a very, very meticulous um, long-term operation. What is unique about this particular partnership? Well, this is the first ever instance of a cryptocurrency exchange directly cooperating with a public financial entity to provide a conduit for crypto donations. It's funny, they funneled it right into their central bank. That's it, yeah, that's genius.
4: It, it, in, in people words, yeah, they did the best thing possible. They, they literally just set up a bottleneck to grab all the money. The, at the bankers, you of. Know.
3: Yeah, at the onset, uh, the, I'm quoting here, they say... Uh, from their statement at the onset of the conflict in Ukraine, FTX felt the need to provide assistance in any way that it could by working with the Ministry of Digital Transformation to set up payment rails and facilitate the conversion of crypto donations into fiat currency. We have given the National Bank of Ukraine the ability to deliver aid and resources to the people who need it most. We are grateful for the opportunity to work with Sergei and the Everstake team as they continue to work tirelessly in helping Ukrainians as they suffer from this conflict conflict. They're literally doing money laundering out in the open. It's literally out in yeah, the
4: open. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, truly, truly horrible, horrible thing. They saw that the dollar is about to crash. They came up with this idea to take physical money and, you know, just make it all digital so, you, you know, it's it's becoming virtual. And then it's as easy as a couple of clicks of a button and few signatures to just make the money disappear. The entire Ukrainian war, the, the all of it, I think, is just a giant, giant political scheme to launder money, launder as
3: much money as possible, and gain more influence in Europe. And now everybody, yeah, now everybody is running from this thing. The World Economic Forum, sorry, we've never heard of them. The Ukrainian government, sorry, we've never heard of them. It's like they've left, this guy, this Sam Bankman, Friedman, whatever his name is, or Fried, whatever, he has been like the perfect fall guy for this. He will be the one that is stock holding the bag when it all goes wrong. And that's exactly what's happening. Let's talk about the amount of money. So among aid for Ukraine's expenditures during the month through the website, whose domain ends in the official gov.ua from the Ukrainian government that was used to promote the initiative and gather donations has since been deleted. Sorry, we've never heard of it. So we, we don't we don't know anything about it. The last available archive of the Web page from October is from October 26th revealed that 60 million dollars had been raised. And other reports estimate that the figure was around a, was around 100 million dollars. That's a lot of money in Ukraine, isn't it? One hundred million dollars. That's enough money to build a whole city and, and house half the Ukraine. Yeah, We look at a hundred million dollars because you know we throw trillions around here in the west, like it's just going out of style, which it is. But we look at a hundred million dollars as oh, well, you know, it's not that much, we'll spend that much on one like office complex or something. It's ridiculous. But in Eastern Europe, that's a lot of money. You can do a lot of damage with a hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money. Oh, absolutely. I mean, gee, <laughs> a million
4: dollars could, could buy you like a whole village, a hundred million, especially if see. The people that are dying, the people that are losing their shelters, the people that are suffering, they could use the $5 bill to change their life. They need $100 to literally change the life of their entire families. There's enough $100 bills that have been sent to Ukraine to give, you know, one bill per person. No one's seen that money. All that money is going to is is to basically get people brainwashed, high on amphetamines, And basically, walking into minefield. Well, I think it's a little more than that.
3: I I think. Well, I'm not not disagreeing with you, but I think it's a little more than that because we've seen reports of where the aid packages, as in like the you know the suitcases full of cash, if you will, or digitization from you know bank transfers, high dollar bank transfers. A lot of this is actually like the, the U.S. in particular, we're spending money subsidizing the Ukrainian government's pension plans. Like it's actually going to that. Level. This is insane. It's the highest levels. And one more
4: thing. When you're talking about that much money, these transactions, world banks basically have their own private private army, you know, of of investigators and this, this, and that. That much money does not move without a lot of approvals. That's correct. And it seems like everybody is on the same page, right? So it seems like it's approved by world bankers. What is good for them? What could be good for all this? Well, they're trying to elevate something, right? By destroying so much laundering so many dollars so much dollar value so uh, uh, all i think is they're trying to bring up the value of the dollar i don't think they've been trying to go to cryptocurrency anymore it
3: i I think crypto is going to go down quick i I think it's going to go down yes and you you've got the ceo of crypto.com who's out today saying don't worry there's no risk of contagion do you know what that means there's contagion that means they're not going to be able to contain it what they say is usually the opposite of the truth yeah it's it's easy to track reality yes Amazon, uh, like Jeff Bezos is out today. Amazon, they're going to fire 10,000 people today. And the market's up. Amazon's only dropped 1%. Amazon's lost about a trillion dollars in the last 12 months. And the market's up. Facebook has lost about the same amount of money in 12 months. And the market's up. They just fired 11,000 people, and they're probably going to fire more. And the market's up. None of this makes any sense. None of this. We as people... Getting a small glimpse, it's starting. a Small glance of
4: how actually money is controlled. Even though the you know the the market is going up, all this horrible horrible stuff is happening. The market would not be going up unless it's maintained by people in charge. Like there's a clear disconnection now between what is supposed to be happening, looking at the numbers that they're showing you, versus what keeps happening. People are losing a lot of jobs because of automation. It's gonna keep going up. There's gonna be more and more automation, less and less workers. What's going on right now is this bubble that they're creating. They're, they're masking it through all media by by completely lying. And they're themselves are almost prepared for the big bubble pop as people were all gonna get caught with their pants down because it's gonna be like over a day, whoops. I mean, I keep saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's a gradual, gradual worsening of the situation. But if, if the market is going up right now, even though there's so many job cuts and, and this and that, don't you think that kind of seems, I don't know, not matching reality?
3: Yeah, that's basically what you're saying anyways. It just doesn't work. Like if you believe for a moment that we are working off of an economy that is supply and demand, you are sorely mistaken. Have you looked at the shelves? Not at all in your stores lately? Have you looked at the prices of those items that are on the shelves lately? This is not an economy based on supply and demand. So it Big means it's based on something else. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Big it's based
4: on a, It's based on something virtual you can't touch, you see. And that was the whole trick. Take everything physical, make it virtual, and whoever controls the servers, that's the person in charge now. They're dropping. They're dropping money off. They're dropping off everything.
3: Yeah. Sam Bankman Freed, the former CEO of FTX, along with two of his other associates with the company, the director of engineering and the co-founder are, quote, under supervision. They've been detained in the Bahamas. Uh, The three of them were getting ready to board a plane and they were getting ready to flee to Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, uh, which, quite frankly, that's... um there's another high-profile individual that, that fled there from Russia. Uh, actually, he's the Telegram founder. Pavel Durov is his name. And he, uh, he went to Dubai to base his company out of the United Arab Emirates because the Russian authorities, mainly the state security services, kept on to him saying, hey, we need the information on your users. We need to know what your users are talking about. And he said, no, he wasn't doing it. Uh, he's also the founder and creator of the Russian social media platform, VK. That's the platform that they wanted to, um, to get him to release information on his users, and he refused to do it. So he walked away from VK, he walked away from Russia, and he went to the United Arab Emirates uh, in Dubai, and he founded Telegram in 2013. And it's a fantastic service. But nonetheless, that is. is a place for billionaires— to flee to if they want to do business. And that's what this guy tried to do. But they nabbed him down in the Bahamas uh, before they could oh, um, get on a plane.
4: No, it's a funny thing. You In the last three years, I was co- I've always been very active on VK. Last three years, I lost three accounts and I couldn't figure out why. Just
3: Different people. Yeah, different people. I don't know. Now. <laughs> um, yep. According to Cointelegraph, right now, three of them, uh, which is uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, Nasheed Singh, and Gary Wong, are under supervision in the Bahamas, which means it will be hard for them to leave. Dubai is a city in the United Arab Emirates that prior to February uh, 24th, 2020, had a non-extradition treaty with the United States. However, as of that date, the two countries signed a mutual legal assistance treaty, which does permit extradition. So see, he wouldn't have even been safe there. The multi-billion dollar crypto... Yeah, go on. I I was saying, is there a safe place in the world we'll go down to? Brazil, maybe. Well, with yeah, with the uh, with uh, with the um, election down there of uh, of Lula, I of course that remains to be seen how that's going to go because there are some doings that are happening down there at the moment, but there's been a complete media blackout since the election. We suspect that we know why, mm. but yeah, I, honestly, I don't know. There are some non extradition treaty countries out there. Yeah, to be honest with you, his best bet would be to go to probably do what Edward Snowden did and go to Russia. That would be my. Yep, that's what I was thinking. Was, that's probably what uh, I would be doing uh, if I were in his shoes. But hey, yep. I'm not in his shoes, and I wouldn't defraud people of uh, 32 billion dollars. Yep.
4: Well, yeah, hell no. But I do think, to be honest, if someone is running for a good
3: reason from the West, I think Russia is a good spot. Just, just, just to be yes, safe. And- well, I yes and like. no. You know that you're not going to get an extradition out of it, right? That is that is the one thing. But there again, I mean, you know. They'll you mess kinda, with you real heavily. Exactly. They're going to mess with you pretty badly while you're there. What do you want to do? Do you want to spend the rest of your life in prison or do you want to spend the rest of your life getting messed with by state security services? Which one do you want to do? So, Oh, prison sounds like uh, heaven. You know, I'm I, kidding. I'm joking. I tell you what, that's, that's actually, that's an interesting concept. Let's talk about that because we haven't had a chance to talk about this. And I told you a few weeks ago, I wanted to discuss this. You brought up Russia. We're talking about people fleeing. Let's talk about Alexei Navalny. This is an interesting character. That? Yeah. Yeah. This is an interesting character. He supposedly got poisoned by Russian authorities or people within the Russian government. He never did say who, but he fled and came to Germany. He spent some time here in the medical services and the hospitals and things. Got treated, and then he, was he in goes coma. back. What's that? Right when he when he came to Germany, he was in coma. Coma as in um, like he in well, induced he coma, fell into one. Yeah, he felt. Yeah, they put him okay, into yeah. a coma until they could figure out what was going on with him. But they treated him, and then the strangest thing: he voluntarily went back knowing that he was going to be sentenced in the courts and go to prison. Why would he do that? I've never been able to ascertain as to why such a decision would be made. I have an idea. I believe that the man did enough in
4: his life to have public support and love of Russian people. I think he is making sort of a symbol out of himself and... His last name, literally, I don't know if that's his birth last name. It literally means a prisoner, not free. I think he did it as a symbol and he's waiting for the regime to be toppled over and be released as a hero. Perhaps. That's what I believe. Because why else would he just straight up go to prison in Russia? Also, another thing, if he goes back to Russia, I don't think they're going to publicly try to execute him like that, you know, poison him again. It's too obvious. And if he didn't come back to Russia, his whole ID, his whole symbol would have been tainted. I think he just literally went back to
3: prison just to be a symbol. Just to be kind of a, a you know a martyr for the cause, if you will, without you know paying the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs>
4: but he's waiting to be released and get a high end position in the new government.
3: I think that's just my guess. That's an interesting concept. You know, I I I kind of had that maybe in the back of my head a little bit. I was thinking maybe maybe he's doing it just to be that that symbol of something else on the other side because he was a political rival of Putin. And he was really, real. yeah, yeah. And and to be fair, usually some of the political rivals of Putin they usually don't make it too far um typically so him I was kind of surprised about it plays to the um the classic way of of doing things he gets poisoned he flees the country and then but then you know usually they stay here and and they'll go through some kind of debriefing process and they'll they'll stay here but in this case he, he you know in devolving he didn't he broke the routine yep he broke he, the, did.
4: he broke, the, broke the broke the routine and he, and by going back, his message tripled, quadrupled. I mean, I think the guy was actually for real. Like some men have decided to just dedicate their life to bringing truth forth. So if he spent, you know, his entire life in Russia trying to do this good thing, got poisoned, went to Germany, got healed. If he is exactly what he's been trying to say or, you know, show what he was, that's the only move. That's the only move for that kind of guy to do. Come back, be brave, and go to prison. And if they really wanted to kill him, there's no place to hide, really. If Putin, I don't think there's a single person they can really hide from Putin if if he, you know what I mean, if he's really on the list. So, Nibolnik, you know, that's that's what he is. He's not free. And hopefully one day he will be. Yeah, I just, yeah, and, and just in general for the listeners, a lot of these names of towns, of places, last names, you know, they're, they're kind of fluid. And they mean a lot of things because people in Europe, they would name towns and people kind of by the orientation or place in life where they're at. So if the town is called the border town, chances are that's where some war is going to happen later on. It's just everything is kind of more connected than it
3: seems. I also wanted to uh, to ask you about this one. I wanted to talk to you about the um, and, and I played this again a few weeks ago when we were discussing that Gary Kasparov, the Russian chess champion, he was on the uh, the CNN finan- or the CNBC financial network talking about Putin uh, and what the risk were or what the risk was going to be if Putin didn't take certain actions. I'd like to play this clip and I'd like for you to comment on it uh, if you'd like. Or if you Please. could
2: for the critics or, or or those who who say they're pragmatists and they're looking for some kind of settlement you
1: tell them what I tell them that it's moral idiocy and and total uh, um, uh, um ignorance of, of lessons of history Putin gets uh, 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 always you know more aggressive when he when he uh gets what he wants uh there's no other way to solve the problem as to liberate Ukraine otherwise you know the whole international order goes bust and uh, America, by the way, benefited over decades because, you know, the, the world had been playing by by the, by the rules. And Putin yeah. is trying to destroy this world order, right. which will affect everybody. Ga- everybody Ga- Ga- there, there are a
2: number there. There's all sorts of folks who have said, look, the cost, the cost in terms of human lives, the t- if, if in fact it ends with, with nuclear weapons, that 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 that's a that
1: cost to the world is too high. You say what? absolute shame you know the cost now is is, is huge but the Ukraine is paying this cost and they're willing to pay the cost for liberation of their country so why why people sitting in, in, in their comfort of of their uh, of their mansions in Silicon Valley are telling ukrainians how to how to conduct their own affairs so yes there is a potential threat of nuclear war but it, it will get even worse if you give in because then again if, if Putin attacks Poland or Lithuania then it's their native countries so what are we going to walk away? Or, or invoke Article 5, which means right. American soldiers will be on the, on, on the front line. Ukraine yeah, now Gary. is doing what, what what that data was right. built for, and it's a front line of uh, um, of the battle between freedom and tyranny. Uh, Gary, who are you referring to in Silicon Valley, just to so work clear? Look, yeah, many. I mean, we start with Elon Musk. Unfortunately, the, the list is much longer. And I think it's, again, as I said in my tweet, it's moral idiocy and geopolitical blindness. <laughs>
3: He's okay. quite the strategist. He he is quite the strategist. He he wouldn't be a, a chess grandmaster if he wasn't a good strategist. So is he right or is he, in, in your opinion, is, is he right or is he wrong in the way that he's talking about Putin taking certain moves in the West or in, in the East that could affect what the decisions are in the West?
4: It is way, way, way more connected than people think. I think he's absolutely right. Why I love this gentleman is, you know, a big portion of his life was dedicated to Defeating AI, you know, the first chess robots. I mean, th- this guy really, really, really knows strategy in a lot of ways. And I think he's right. Ukraine originally was set up as a giant safe heaven for mob, whoever survived Putin and, uh, or made deals with Putin in order to laundry money and, and literally set up a fake government specifically not to govern the country, but to be a tool for monetary actions, you know, like, like we're seeing right now. Ukraine from the beginning, the at least Ukrainian government I'm speaking about, you know, that entity, it had a relation with Putin that wasn't, it, it was very, very loose allied, right? Um, As soon as Ukrainian mob kind of settled in, they, you know, f- f- the first Ukrainian presidents, what they all went to prison. As soon as that settled in, they started inviting West into the Ukraine, knowing that Putin will flip the heck out because Ukraine was always, by all the international agreements, a no-NATO zone. You can't get that close to Putin. Will he use nuclear weapons? I think he will go as far as anything. If the West goes into Donetsk, into um, Crimea, if if the war gets to that point and they really are on the steps of Russia, I think Putin is capable of anything. I think the entire Ukraine, the country of Ukraine, minus the people, uh, was specifically set up for something to like this, In the future, from everything that I've seen personally, from the the talks I heard on the ground, even though I was young, you know, let's say 20 years ago, 15 years ago, the model of Ukrainian government was set up specifically for profit, for certain layers of people. It's kind of like, you know how all, all the, you know, the, the Swiss banks, they have different international laws. That's why people put all the money in it. Right. Well, they needed something big. They needed something bigger. They needed a giant, giant place to just try things out and mess with Russia. It's a perfect move. So if I was a chess player, of course, Ukraine is like, I mean, from what I've seen and understood as a person growing up in that area, I was fortunate enough to interact with a lot of people that, you know, were outside of just regular population, just because but of
3: where I was. When you were there, what, and you described it. And please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, or speaking out of turn here. But when you were there, and you would visit there, like that was the vacation spot for a lot of people. When I was a child, it was yeah, a different so, country. So
4: once again, when I was a child, so let's say I left Russia for the first time when I was like 11. Let's say, still at that point of time. So let's say early 2000s, prior to 2000s, end of the 90s, Ukraine was a safe heaven. It was very well stocked you know that the, the gas reserves they, it was a nice place better place to live in than russia but i literally watched happen in the next 10 20 15 years to this point what i heard people discussing i i've been in ukraine since then and i'm telling you it's not it, it became so bad it, it's literally i mean you have kids living in sewers everywhere homeless people you can't even talk about it it's not just homeless camps it's just homeless people in the woods everywhere drugs are running rampant
3: i mean yes i've been to los angeles i've been to Seattle. i
4: I, I was i was gonna say still to this day it's like it's like worse than la i mean yeah i've been to new york yes yes you know what i'm saying and 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 how it was so bad it's just something you can't even explain to people you know what i mean they sell vodka in every corner it's just complete complete shit mess and that's how it was supposed to be ukraine used to be the bread Breadbringer of Europe, they used to call it. That you know, we we raise the most rye, the
3: most wheat. That's not the case anymore. I mean, yeah, maybe, it, it, yeah. It at one point in time that was correct. That's not the case anymore. But the the grain that's produced in Ukraine now that goes to Asia and parts of and Cent- uh, parts of Central and and Sub-Saharan Africa. That's where all that goes. You were talking about the grain shipments uh, last week and how they just oh, yeah. mysteriously disappeared. It disappeared. Yeah, yeah. How do you lose that no, many you- ships?
4: Ukraine was specifically set up to be what it is today. I suggest anybody who really wants to understand politics, just go to Google or whatever, not that I'm for Google, and um, type in best of Zelensky stand up. Just watch some of you know watch some of his best stand up and you'll have a very good idea about Ukrainian. Well he got uh, an Oscar Award politics by, from Sean Penn. We we started tonight with him getting an Oscar. Yes. Amazing, and the guy deserves. I mean, listen, a lot of acting it can be a little bit dangerous. You know, that's why you have stuntmen. You know, that's why if there's a big explosion, you know, they use CGI in movies. Zelensky no joke. He, he, you know, his method acting actually got him, you know, some sort of a job, and and and
3: he's still there. And what a great actor! I give him two Oscars. It almost it almost seems like he is the Sam Bankman Freed. You know, he's he's the other fall guy that they need when this all oh. goes wrong. Ugh. The Fall Guys, Fall Guys are lining up.
4: Zelensky is definitely one. Sean Penn, man, like I said, the he's guys are the insane. Used. Yeah, he's just getting he's used. He's just getting used. He's just got paid for this. It's, it's all it is. People realize that there, you see, there's people. On top of them, there's a layer of actors that are hired. And on top of that, people that actually control everything. This layer of actors is what we watch and who is going to be used for Fall Guys, like you said. I have never in my, how can you imagine this? Like, okay, so here I am, a president of a country that's in desperate, 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 bloody, horrible war. If I was a real man, okay, let's see. I'll, I'll just think of how I think. Here I am, a leader of the country in, in desperate war. And I heard that some American actor like, wants to come and give me a freaking acting award. I tell the guy to go freaking beat sand or whatever the expression is. I mean, what kind of a freaking real man president of a country warrior would even accept that it would hurt my feelings like what the frick are you trying to say i'm an actor it's a joke all of it it makes
3: zero sense they couldn't even see the irony of it all
4: no they couldn't it's ridiculous it's hysterical no that's because nobody can picture them people are so far away from reality they don't understand the concept of immense dignity i I just wouldn't be able to accept it. I wouldn't be able to even no. see the guy. It's no, just, you, it, you, you, it would be I something be like, like, get okay, out of here, get him out of him here. Thank you. No more than 10 seconds of my time to tell the secretary to just say, write him a nice note, no, thank
3: you. Right. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. It's it's really, it, it's like it's a joke. It, like this whole thing is just laughable. It's, it's getting ridiculous. We're pretty much at time here. Do you have any final thoughts you want to uh, impart to the listener before you go? My final thought would
4: be this. Look into... If if you really want to find out at least a little bit of truth, look into who ruled Ukraine for the first, you know, five, 10 years of existence of Ukraine, nineties and up, and look what happened to them. You know, the reasons why they went to prison and all this. That's all. Find out the, the history of Ukrainian government. And that'll answer a lot of questions for you that you, you know, you think don't make sense at all.
3: Pavel, it's been fantastic having you on tonight and we will see you next week. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um... Thank you,
4: John. And, and to all the listeners, I apologize. This is just so emotional. It is getting hard to just keep your temper down because of this giant clown show that we're being shown. But thank you.
3: No, there's no need to apologize. I think that it's it's very it's very valuable and it gives valuable insight uh to, to people that I mean the average the average person out there, and I, I don't mean to I don't mean to sound condescending here, but the average person out there, and this is not a joke, I could play the video of it, but the average person out there can't find Ukraine on a map. Um, no. they, they don't they don't have a clue. And anything that they hear about it, it's just political BS and it's more that con job that we were talking about when we let off tonight. And to actually hear first hand accounts and and talk to somebody that's familiar with the region grew up over there and you talk to people that are there i think that's valuable insight for people to have uh, and more than that it's the actual truth of the matter and it's not some some uh, lying con job that you're going to see on like mainstream media or something so i don't think there's any need to apologize but um yeah we'll see you next week pavel it's a, it's a pleasure as always for those of you who would like to send us some feedback please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast@protonmail.com at protonmail.com also do you like the podcast you're listening to we do love having you as a listener and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own we would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction Pavel, thank you for being here this evening thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.